Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. All right, what's up everybody? Can we give it up for Jesus today? Can we arm the Lord together? Can we do that? Man, I, you have no idea. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. I feel like it's Christmas morning. I'm just pumped to be hanging out with you at Cultivate Church. Welcome to all of you watching by the internet. And I know Matt's already said it, but if you're hanging out here for the first time and you're one of our guests today, we are honored that you're here. And we hope that you enjoy your morning here with us today. Uh, I want you to go ahead and grab out of your worship guide an outline for today's message. We are in week three of a series we're calling That Was the Style. But before we dive into that, as you pull out your note sheet, you'll notice that there is a cheat sheet for small groups inside of your worship guide. God. Small groups kicked off last Sunday, and I'm telling you, I wasn't prepared because all week long on Facebook, I saw people posting about their groups, and I was like, oh man, I wanted to go to that one, I wanted to go to that one, and I missed it. So this week, I'm sitting down, and I'm putting all of these things in my calendar so it will pop up on my phone and remind me of all the groups that I want to go to, and I'm just challenging you. Listen, I know it can be intimidating to walk into a a small group sometimes with a group of people you may not know. Maybe it's in a house or a restaurant, wherever it may be meeting, but I'm telling you, you will find life in front that you never knew existed unless you jump into a small group. Dive in and get connected in something today. Uh, we are in week three of this series. This, uh, that was the style. And this has been a fun series. Pastor Brandon, I know, has been with you the past two weeks, and I'm glad to be here today. And all month, we've been talking about the fact that we're different, that life has changed us. God has changed us from where we were to who we are now. And this whole concept of that was the style comes from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 on your outline. And this is what it says. It says, Therefore, if If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. And uh, many of you have looked in the, uh, the photo album, you've seen the old yearbook photos, and you're thinking, what in the world was I thinking? Why didn't somebody tell me that I needed to change that, that I needed to fix that? Some of you are not aware that you had a problem until you had children and they became teenagers. And then you realize, hey, what, what's happening here? Mom, dad, why did you do that? What, what was the thinking of these decisions? And so yesterday was a, a day of decisions. But today is a brand new day full of brand new opportunities to make brand new decisions in my life. And the difference between who I was yesterday and who I will be tomorrow is the Jesus that is in me today. See, Jesus is the one that makes change in our life. And the Bible tells us that if anyone, any of us, would come to Jesus in relationship with him, that our lives can be changed and we are completely different. And so all month we're talking about the issues of sin in our life, maybe some things that you and I may struggle with, maybe some of the roadblocks, maybe some of the habits or the hangups that we hold on to in our life, and how to overcome those and how to get past those. And each week we've shown a makeover. Now, ladies, the past two weeks you've got to see a lady be made over. Today we got the men stepping up. We have a man uh, that's going to be made over over on video. Scott McClendon, and now some of you may not know Scott. He's from our Alabaster campus. He's been with us since we launched the church. He used to drive two hours for about three years. Every single weekend, he drove two hours to be a part of Cultivate Church when we were setting up in a high school and tearing down. And eventually, Scott moved to the city, and he's a part of our church. And so many of you know uh, Scott from uh, the the renovations around here, those of you that were part of that. Uh, But Scott was real partial to his beard, 
Um, Scott's got a beard, and, uh, and a lot of you ladies that know Scott have said sometimes, hey, Scott, why don't you trim that thing up? You know, why don't you do a little something with that beard? So when it came time for makeovers, uh, a lot of ladies signed up and said, hey, we're in. We want to do that. And then the men, we had a few that suggested, but then they kind of targeted Scott just a little bit. They said, uh, you know, what if we could get Scott involved in this makeover? So reluctantly, Scott agreed. And so I want you to take just a second and see what happened to Scott this past week. So check out Scott's uh, makeover. We're here at the Pit Stop Barbershop, and we've got Scott inside. We're about to go in and see what kind of new look Gray cooks up for him. All right, Gray, what you thinking? Well, I've had offers up to $20 to cut this beard. I can't take their money, so I'll do it for free. Ready for this, Scott? No, we're not ready for this. I was told the beard was off limits. I'll need a trim. Scott, what do you think about it? I think I look like a 15-year-old little kid. <laughs> I mean, that's the reason for all of you that always hated the beard. The beard is, was always there. Well, next stop, we're going to go get you some new clothes. As long as I don't look like Brendan Dallas, I'll be okay. All right, Scott, we started with hair. We got you a little shave. Now it's time to move on to a new outfit. Are you ready to see what we've got for you? All right, let's do it. All right, Scott, we've got you all decked out in a new look. Are you ready to see it? Let's do it. Let's turn around. What you think? I love it. I love the vest, love the boots. Really missing the beard for everybody who kind to my barber and cutting off my beard. Uh, just no payback's coming. Scott single, by the way, ladies. If any of you went, oh, okay. Well, you know, he's single, so we can hook you up. Just put it on your Connect card. We'll get you in touch with Scott if you want to do that. I love Scott because he's got a brand new outfit on. He's got a vest. You know, fall. Today's the first day of fall, even though it's like 200 degrees outside. So he's got his vest on. And so, what do you think about that vest? He goes, well, I might wear it to a bonfire or something. <laughs> like, who gets dressed up for a bonfire? Like, you look good, Scott. Like, it's a makeover. Hey, today's going to be a good day. Grab your outline. And listen, I'm really excited about the message, but I hope you wore some steel-toe shoes or some steel-toe heels, women, if they have those types of things, because today is one of those messages that really gets on our toes a little bit. You know, we really like things out of the Bible that, you know, that says, uh, you know, I'm the head and not the tail. I, I am blessed. I, you know, we like, we like those things of God. But there are other portions of Scripture that really corrects us and it directs our life. And sometimes we have to take inventory of where we are so that we know that we're living out a true, authentic relationship with Jesus. And so in this series, as we've been talking about what sin is and what it does to us, today I really wanted to identify some of those things that the Bible points out to us. And then I want to talk about very specific things, a strategy that you and I can begin to do today. Literally, that when we leave this place, we have some tools in our hands that we can begin to walk out an authentic relationship with Jesus 
Jesus and overcome some of these habits and things that we have in our lives. So I want you to dig in. I want you to know that this is a tough one today. It's a tough one to bring to you, but it's going to make us all better because that's why we're here, right? To be better and to be more authentic believers following Jesus. So on your outline, I put some scripture, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 through 11. And we're going to dig into this together, and then I'm going to give you some application when we jump through uh, this scripture. So here's what it says. It says, so put to death. We're going to stop right there. My son loves the movie Trolls, and if you've ever seen Trolls, you know there's one of those parts they say death, and it goes death, 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 death. It really accentuates the word death. I don't know if you understand that, that or not, but that's, that's a pretty final moment on this earth. When we face death here, it's, it is a dying away. It's when something ceased to exist here. And so literally, just before we even dive into the rest of this paragraph, the Bible's being very explicit in the way that it is describing some of the very characteristics and actions that we may have in our life. And the Bible is saying, you need to put this not to the side. You don't need to manage this. This doesn't need to be something that you try to control. Literally, the Bible says, you need to put this to death. You need to let this cease to exist in your life. So the Bible says, the sinful, earthly things that are lurking within you, so every one of us in this room, before you feel like the only one in here, we all have sinful, earthly things lurking within our lives. It is the sinful nature that we were born into. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Now some of you are going, oh man. My cell phone, my computer, my thoughts, you know, the things I see, the lust, sinful stuff. And then some of you are going, man, whew, I thought he was going to say something about me. We're all good. We, we can pass that test. But then it says, don't be greedy. That hits about all of us somewhere right there. It's like, oh, man, you got to talk about greed. You know, we talk about giving and being generous, but I just thought that's something the church did. You know, I thought that was a church thing. Literally, the Bible says, hey, don't be greedy. A greedy person is an adulterer, meaning that you put something before God. It's an idol that we place before him. And I'm pretty sure God said, like, really quickly, you need to have nothing before me. There should be nothing that would take my place. And that's what greed does to us. It says we worship the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Wait a second. I thought God was gracious. I thought he was kind, I thought he was loved us, and I thought he was patient. He is all of those things. And I am all of those things to my three-year-old until I'm not, right? Until I've given all the grace and I've said, son, we've made these boundaries very clear. Uh, Friday night, I told him, I said, son, one more time, and that's it. You're getting a spanking. Just one more time, so please stop now. I'm giving you a warning. Look in my eyes. Read my lips. And he said, okay. He turns around and does the same thing. I said, okay, pal, let's go. We were in a public place, so we did the bathroom thing. Let's go to the bathroom, you know. I said, and, he, and as I've got him in my arms, he said, Dad, are you going to spank me? Real sweet. Dad, are you going to spank me? I said, yes, sir, I'm going to spank you. So we go to the bathroom, and he looks at me, and he goes, Dad, I love you. And he kisses me right on the lips. I said, buddy, I love you too. And he said, aw. And then he kissed me on the lips again. And I said, okay, buddy. Now it's time for your spanking. And I spanked him, and I'm telling you, he fell apart. Now, God loves us. I love my son. But I know that if I don't correct that action, he's going to do that as an adult. And so unless it's corrected now, when we have an adult walking around, he'll be doing the same thing. And it's not his fault. It is mine. Because it's my responsibility to correct and to steward what God has given to me. So our Father in heaven... 
He stewards us. He corrects us. He knows when something is wrong and says, son, that's not the best for you. And if I let that continue in your life, you're going to be walking around treating people, representing me that way, and that is not the best for you. So the anger of God is coming. Verse 7, this is where we get this series. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time. That was the style then. That's who I was yesterday. But because of Jesus, verse 8, now's the time to get rid of... We're back at it again. Everybody get ready. Anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. The Bible even says dirty language. Some of you, we didn't even know that, did we? Thought that was just words. Don't lie to each other, for you've stripped off your old sinful nature... And all of its wicked deeds. Put on the new nature and be renewed as you learn. Listen, as you learn. All of us, underline that word. As we learn. It's important that we know what the, about the creator and we become like him. Underline that statement, to become like him. Every day we're learning to be more like him. Verse 11, in this new life... It doesn't matter if you're a Jew, a Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. So in other words, everybody. It doesn't matter where we are. Every single one of us. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Christ is all that matters. But, you know, I, I got this or I got that or I'm doing really good here. Doesn't matter. Christ is the common denominator from who I was yesterday where I will be in this moment leading into my tomorrow. Church, I have to tell you, it's unpopular in 2019, and unfortunately, I hate to admit it to you, it's unpopular in the church world today, in church culture, to stand here and say, there is sin, and the Bible does call out a righteous way of living. Now, we're not perfect. As a matter of fact, God doesn't seek perfection. He seeks progress. God's not looking for us to be perfect people. He's looking for us to be progressive people. That I'm better than I was yesterday. I'm one step closer to my relationship with Jesus. And there is a system of living that God wants us to follow. And that's the blessing on our lives. So how do we do it? How do we manage this? Because it's not easy. Because we are sinful people. Well, flip your outline over. I'm going to give you three simple things today. A very simple process that I'm going to bring to you that I really believe would help us to overcome some of these issues that we all share in our lives. So how do we do it? How do we overcome this sin? First of all, number one, is through preparation. Write down the word preparation. 1 Peter chapter 1, we're going to hang out there the rest of this day. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says this. So prepare, underline that word, prepare. Prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all of your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in the world. In other words, if we're going to tackle sin, if we're going to tackle our issues, if I'm going to be exactly what the Bible desires for my life, what God has given for me, the perfect blueprint of living for him, I have to be prepared. It takes preparation. Listen, some of you, you prepare so well for so many things. I, I, I laugh at my wife. She's not in here right now. I don't know if she's listening somewhere. Uh, they're preparing for the second experience. But when she gets ready, 
It's like an all-day affair, literally. Like, I will see her in 10 different outfits before she picks one. And I'll be like, what happened to that one? Like, I thought that was it. No, I just, I just didn't like the way I felt in that one, you know. And then she's got another one on. And I'm like, well, what happened here? Well, I didn't want to wear those shoes, and that one requires these shoes, and that's not comfortable. And I mean, it's just this process. I'm like, look. I got like 10 shirts and like two pairs of pants. I mean, like you just kind of know I wore that shirt and those pants last time. Let's do it again. Like how hard can this possibly be? And then you got the hair and you got the makeup. And I'm telling you guys, I love my wife and I'm thankful. I think she's beautiful. Man, it's a process. I mean, it's a process. Some of you men are just like painting cars, you know what I'm talking about? Like really all the stuff that goes into it. I hate to, you know, that's not, a, that's not a negative lady. I'm just talking about appreciating things. You go through a lot of work. We appreciate it. Guys, can we just give it up for the ladies today? Come on, we honor, We you deserve it. You go through a lot, a lot of preparation. Listen, we prepare for stuff. You prepare for school. You prepare for tests. You prepare for work. You prepare for lots of things. Every Sunday, we prepare all week for you. This moment right here, there is hours and hours and hours of preparation that goes into one Sunday that we spend together preparing and hoping for guests to be here and that we can present Jesus to you in an incredibly unique way. And so here's the thing. If you're going to face sin, it's going to take preparation. You can't do it just waking up going, yeah, I can do it. I got it on my own. No. Literally, for you to overcome the things in your life, how much preparation are you putting toward the things that are facing you every single day? Maybe write that question down and think about that in your quiet time this week. How much preparation do I actually put into being who God has called me to be and living out the things that God has called me to live? And how do I do it? I'll give you three extra things. Maybe you want to write them down. Three extra ways. One is to know the enemy. If you're going to go to battle, if you're going to face a war, and this is a war, you've got to know the enemy. I'll just give you a reference, Ephesians 6 and 12. You can write that down. The, 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 the enemy, the, the war that we're facing, it's, it's, a, it's a sinful war. It's the enemy in this, in this world. Listen, you've got to know the enemy that you're fighting. We fight everything. You fight your spouse. You fight your kids. You fight your boss. You fight traffic. You fight feelings. You fight the refrigerator. Come on, we fight our money. We fight all of these things that we have in our life. And that's not the enemy. We're trying to find the reason and the blame, and we're doing it all wrong. We're fighting things that is not the problem. Your spouse is not the problem. Your children are not the problem. The feelings are not the problem. The emotions, it's not the problem. It's the enemy who uses all of this stuff in our life that we've given freedom to do in our life without being prepared to stand against the one that is destroying our lives. And so today, we need to sit back and just identify. Go, I've been blaming everything and everybody. But the problem is this is an attack from the devil himself. And if I know where to face my attention, where to place my care, on fighting the enemy in preparation for what he's bringing against my life, I can take a step forward in my offense against him. Second is to know your authority. Know your authority. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Just write that reference down. You can read it this week. Jesus called the disciples and gave them all authority. He's like, go out, cast out demons, heal people. Like, you go out and do miracles. You've got authority to speak to things that should not be and see God change the things that are around you. Just as Jesus walked through and performed miracles and cast out demons, he said, look, you guys go and do that. 
And then many people I, I hear their theology will say, well, that, that, that ceased to exist with the apostles. That was for them. It wasn't for us today. But the Bible teaches me that the Holy Spirit came to dwell in each and every one of us. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God living inside of us, we have the authority to walk and to do things that even Jesus could not do. That's what the Bible teaches us. He said, because of the Holy Spirit, now you can go and do even more than I was able to do. Listen, we have to know that Preparation needs to come in our life to identify the enemy, to know the authority I have. And then the third thing I would say is know your armor. If you fight a battle, you have tools. If you, if you go out and you, and you, you play a, a, a sporting event, you know what I'm talking about? Those, you know, you do those types of things with the inflatable balls and things. You know what I'm saying? Like I was saying, you have tools, right? Football, you have a helmet, you have pads. You have all the things that it takes to get the job done. And so if you're going to live a Christian life, you have to know the tools that we've been given to get the job done. Re- write this reference, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. It's a little thing maybe you learned in Sunday school a long time ago called the full armor of God. As Paul wrote this, he was actually sitting in a prison cell. And he was, he was watching the soldier that was, that was guarding him. And as he looked at that soldier and he compared the outfit and the armor that the soldier had on, He was able to pin exactly what God has given to us, a belt of truth, truth, a breastplate of righteousness. It's righteous living. It's the shoes of the gospel. It's for us to go and to share. The Romans tells us how beautiful are the feet of those who go and do. We have the the shoes of the gospel. We have a shield of faith. That my faith is in him. It's not in me. It's not in man. It's not in circumstances. We have the helmet of my salvation. We have the sword of the spirit, which is the Bible, the word of God that gives us power to do. You have been gifted. You have been empowered. You have been given everything you need to be prepared to face the enemy in your life. So if we're going to overcome this, you need to be prepared. Number two, you need to have determination. Listen to what 1 Peter verse 14 says. So you must live as God's obedient children. Underline the word obedient. Obedience opens the door to blessing. We say that a lot around here. That is the key. Obedience opens the door to blessing. Don't slip back. That's where we get that term in some church circles, backsliding. Someone would say, did I backslide or have you backslid? And then some people would say, well, once saved, you're always saved, and you just give your heart to Jesus, and then you're good, smooth sailing from there. But the Bible gives us a warning. Don't slip back to the old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. So this simply means that what I'm doing today, when I wake up tomorrow morning, I make a conscious decision that I'm going to do this again. And then I'm going to devote myself to this all over again. It's not a sloppy grace. I'm not saying, well, the grace of God will just cover my stupidity and my own sinful living. No. That's when the anger of God is coming to direct me and to correct me. We don't live to satisfy our own natures. You didn't know any better then. But now we do. Now we need determination. It's a resolve. Determination is a resolve. It's a decision that I am so determined to do this. I told you, I'm trying to get my son. Some of you, uh, even this morning, I watched him. He's three, and uh, he's kind of got this little three-year-old attitude. And he's got this look that says things that you know is profanity, but just, just with his face. You know what I'm talking about? Like things that should not be said. And so you say, hey, good morning, buddy. And I've watched him, you know, kind of give you guys that 
don't talk to me. Look, you know what I'm saying? And I apologize for that. I'm working on it. A few uh, weeks ago, we took him to the beach because he'd been wanting to go to the beach. And he'd been asking all summer, literally. And I didn't even know how he knew about the beach. So we took him. And we were in one of those ice cream little shops. And it was packed. And so we were leaving. And this family wanted our seats. And as we were transitioning our seats to this family, they were so sweet to him. And we're talking to him. And I'm telling you, he was just the most... I want to be sweet here, but he wasn't good, okay? Like, he was just bad. He was rude to them. And so we left. And I was like, buddy, I was like, pal, those people were being so nice to you. I want you to know you were ugly. You were rude. You hurt their feelings. And he said, well, they were being so nice to me. That's what he said. They were being so nice to me. Like, Dad, why would they do that? I said, well, buddy, doesn't it feel good when people are nice to you? And he said, yeah. I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, we're going back in there. I said, and you're going to apologize to those people. You're going to tell them you're sorry. And I said, you're going to be sweet to them. And he looked at me kind of weird. And so we walked back in, and that family's looking at me weird. And I said, he's got something to say. And he said, sorry. You know, like he just... We weren't all the way there, but, but he did give him a hug, and he apologized. And I said, you know what? I said, he's only three. I said, but unless we start this now, he'll never learn that then. And I am determined that that's not the road we're going to take. So my determination said, we're going back in there. It may be kind of embarrassing. It may be weird. It may be awkward. But we're going to do this, and we're going to start this today. He's going to learn you're not going to be rude to people. It's a resolve that you make. And I'm asking us this morning, how many of us have a resolve and a determination that we are going to be the people that God has called us to be. We're going to be authentic followers of Jesus. Most of us are more determined to dwell in our desires than to grow in his grace. We are all content with just dwelling in the desires of our lives. What feels good to me, what I want to do, what my thoughts are, and what my feelings are. But ought to be growing in the grace of God. In other words, are to be growing in the things that God is calling for him. Determination. Most people, uh, 80% of people fail their New Year's resolutions by February. This is my year. Going to be healthy. You get out the old pictures from high school. That's me. Put it on the fridge. We're going to get back there. And then by the first week of February, man, we're messed up. One survey said that most people, the biggest factor in if we continue to do it or we don't, it's, it's our enjoyment. If it's immediate gratification. If I'm going to go on a diet today, we're going to lose 50 pounds. And after the first day of, of, of ignoring a candy bar, we go, I haven't lost any weight. What's wrong? And you go, this is no use to worry about it. I just, you know, we'll do it. We'll try it again next week, next Monday. Because we don't get instant gratification. And sometimes when we try to live this thing out for God and we don't get that instant gratification, we go, well, this felt better. This was an easier road. Let's just do that. But don't be determined about what you should do. Most of us get determined about the things that we should be doing when we need to be determined about what we could do. When I think about everything I should be doing, you know what happens? I'm overwhelmed and I give up. I've already failed. I already messed up. I, I'll never do I can't do it because I'm determined about all the things I should be doing. I get all this, this grief and I get all this regret and I get all these bad feelings. But if I think about what I could do, about what my life could be if I really committed, if I just made one good decision after the other, and every time that I made a bad one, I go, man, God, that's not going to get me down. I am determined that I'm going to overcome that. Think about what could happen in my life. And when I'm determined about the things that could be, I'll forget about the things that should be, and I'll just begin to do everything God has called me to do. We need a little preparation and little determination in our life. And then number three, this is a big one, is separation. We need some separation in our life. But now you must be holy. Man, this is so big, church. Please, please hang with me. I know this is tough this morning. Underline that word holy. 
You need to be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Holiness is a, is a church word called sanctification. Any of you grew up in church and are you filled and sanctified? I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal church and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why we did it. But sanctification is to be set apart. It's, it's to be different. It's literally meaning that, that you could pick me out in a crowd pretty quickly. Because everybody's got those bad, sour, greedy attitudes, but yet there's something different about you. Chip and Joanna Gaines, I don't know if you guys are still fans of them. You know, when they come out with their show, they were everywhere. And, uh, Jen and I loved to, to, you know, we felt like we were going to, I can't, I can't even use a hammer. We're going to change our house. You know, we're going to build on, you know, whatever, inspire. But, you know, I said, there's something different about these guys. I just like to watch them. I like to watch their marriage. There's something different. And then we began to study them, and then we realized well, they're, they're Christians, they're believers. I knew immediately, just through the television screen, there was something different. They were set apart. Their, their life did not follow the same pattern. The way they communicated and treated each other and their body language, all of it was different because they had set themselves apart. And I'm not talking about fabricated. Please hang with me because some of you have had experiences like I have. I grew up in church where uh, to be sanctified or set apart was something that you could see. And there's a part of that. The Bible gives us about modesty and the way we present ourselves. But when I grew up, the, the taller your hair, the more sanctified you were. And there's nothing wrong with that. Listen, let's, let, that, let that bun rise. Let it rise. But, but I'm saying you can have a bun and still have a bad attitude. We had a lady, man, this bun, she, had the per she nailed it. She'd been doing it for about 50 years, and so she had a good bun down. But every Sunday... Uh, when she didn't like the music, which was every Sunday, um, she would turn sideways in the church in her seat. This is a true story. And, uh, and she always wore a green knitted sweater. And she would begin to pull on that sweater. And she would look at me like this right Because I play drums in church and this is what she'd do. Like that. But then, you know, when you talked about how hot hell was, woo, praise God. When you talked about being sanctified, woo, praise God. But I thought, why are you so upset about it? Like, why are you so angry? Because you, you can have those things and still not be exactly where God wants us to be. You know, you, you can have the skirt and still be selfish. What I'm saying is, it's not about a bun. It's not about a skirt. It's, it's about what God does in my heart and about the way that I live and represent him. He is calling us to a life of preparation and determination and most importantly, separation. That we become holy as he is holy. Not perfection, because we'll never get it. You'll never get it. I'll never get it. And the minute you think you got it, we're going to mess it up, okay? Traffic's going to get you, and it's out the window. Not perfection, but progress. Not perfection. Just one step closer. Just doing exactly what he wants us to do. Empty yourself to make more room for him. Every day of my life, I have to empty more of me. My son, he's got so many toys. We're about to do a purge in his room. We're about to throw some stuff away. I'm sure there's going to be some tears flying and some arms flailing, but there's some stuff about to go because it's time to clean out. And you know what? Just as maybe your garage is full of stuff that needs to be cleaned out, that attic, that closet, you know how we collect stuff? And every once in a while, you just go, enough's enough. This has got to go. We do the same thing in our spiritual lives. We collect and we stow stuff away and we go, one day I'll fix that. I'm too tired today. I'll, I'll get that corrected. But sometimes I need to empty me to provide more room for him. 
That is a separation. And so church, here's what I'm asking us for today. I want Cultivate Church to be a place, not of perfection, but of progress. I want to be a person, not just a pastor. I want to be a person who daily represents Jesus in a way that he would say, that's my son. He, he don't have it all together. Please give him some grace. But he loves me, and he's doing the best he can. And I want him to look at this church, and the church is not a building, it's not a logo, it's not a personality, it's us, it's people. And as we live our lives every day, I want God to look at us and say, they love me. It's the real deal. It's not a Sunday thing. Every day of their lives, they're doing the best they can do. And together, living life on purpose, we're going to make a difference in the lives of people that are all around us. And so I want to pray for us today. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And our team's going to come back and play just quietly. If you're our guest today, nothing weird, funny is going to happen. Nobody's coming to get you, make you stand up. Our team's just going to play, and we're going to pray together. And listen, you may be in different atmospheres where you go, well, I thought I had to get up and come down there. Well, let me tell you, the presence of God is right where you sit. You don't have to do anything except for in this moment, open your heart to the presence of God. And you may be in this place today and you go, man, I need all that stuff, but I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. Well, I am so thankful you're here because this, this is your lucky day. I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to pray for you. Last week at Cultivate Church, three people said yes to Jesus. The week before, seven people said yes to Jesus because it's the main reason we gather here and it's what we pray for. And so to you today or even online, that's what we pray for for you to have this moment to make that decision. And so I'm going to pray for you, and I'd encourage you, if that is your decision, please mark it on your Connect card so that we can pray for you this week. We want to know that, um, that we're covering you in prayer. We'd love to send you a letter, tell you how to take some next steps in your relationship with Jesus. And then I want to pray for all of us. You may be here today, and you go, man, I, there's some areas in my life that I really need that makeover. And so today, I, I want us to just go to the Lord and just confess it to him. And ask him to deal with us today and to help us to be overcomers. So, Father, I stand before you today thankful for your grace. You do love us. And you have abounding grace and patience for us. That's what your word tells us. But, God, there are times in our lives that we take advantage of that grace. And, Father, we don't want to upset you or anger you. And so today we just come in this room just just unfolding our lives before you and asking you that if, if you would see us today and we don't have a relationship with you, we ask for your blessing on us. We ask for a forgiveness of our sins. Jesus, we know that you gave your life so that we could be forgiven. Today we ask for that forgiveness and we receive it. And we thank you because you are the source of it. And Father, I pray for all of us in here today. None of us are perfect, 100% of us. God, we have weaknesses and frailties and blemishes in our life. and You know them all. They're not hidden to you. But today we come before you very honestly just asking for your, God, just your grace and your ability to help us to overcome. Help us to be prepared. Give us the determination, Father, so that we can live a separation. A life that makes a difference in those around us because we're living the life you've called us to. And even though it's not easy, God, we know that it's worth it. And Father, every day that you would help us to be made over, different from where we were, 
to who you want us to be. And together, Jesus, we'll make a difference. As a local church, as a family, as the body of Christ, we'll live making a difference in the lives around us as we live our lives on purpose. Jesus, you'll get all the credit for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Any good? Can we give it up for Jesus today? Can we honor the Lord?